Overnight, an unprecedented execution going forward in Alabama. Woo-hoo! The state performing the country's first ever nitrogen gas execution on convicted killer Kenneth Smith. Officials saying the execution began at 7.53 p.m. local time and Smith was pronounced dead at 8.25. They added the nitrogen flowed for about 15 minutes and that Smith had labored breathing. He struggled against his restraints a little bit, but there's some involuntary movement and some agonal breathing, so uh, that was all expected. The- that was all expected, everybody. That was all expected. I mean, what, why do we leave it to Alabama to innovate? Why do we do that? You know, when you leave it to Alabama to innovate, uh, you know, uh, how to execute each other, this is what you get. This is what you get. We're now going to suffocate each other, everybody. We're going to literally strap, I don't know, uh, the gimp mask on to somebody who has been in jail for 35 freaking years, 35 years he's been, um, for a crime, a horrible crime he did when he was 22 22 years old, 58 yesterday when he died. So uh, this guy <laughs> was in jail for 35 years. We left it to Alabama to innovate a new way to kill a person. And this is what they freaking came up with, strapping the gimp mask on this man's face, tying the mask to the gurney, and then feeding the mask nitrogen gas not nitrous oxide don't think he laughed his himself to death you know no there was no oxide in it you see there was no oxygen at all in it and so there was no way for him to actually stay alive now you know you saw there the uh, commissioner for for alabama uh, you know the department of corrections well that was expected you know there was some lurching i don't even think he said lurching he said there was some involuntary movements which can be expected. You know, you know, <laughs> listen, uh, they had tried to kill him before. And they had tried to kill him before with lethal injection. And the people that uh, actually are charged with being the executioner in uh, Alabama executioners, because they have multiple in Alabama, uh, they, they got it wrong. They couldn't do it right. So the last time they tried to kill him, yeah, this is, uh, you know, a redo. This is a uh, take two. This is execution, uh, you know, squared. The last time they tried uh, with the lethal injection, they couldn't figure out uh, how to get it into his vein. And so they just poked him and poked him and poked him. And they, they, it took like uh, four hours before they gave up. Four hours this man laid on a gurney knowing they were trying to execute him. Uh, I mean, listen, don't 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 come at me and and talk to me about, uh, you know, uh, torture and stuff like that there, Uh, you know, and saying uh, you're all about not doing, uh, you know, uh, execution. You're not your your genocide. And but here in America, that's fine. Here in America, in the United States, that's uh, it's all okay. I mean, honestly, this is the this is his. Okay, the, 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 the man who they killed, his name was uh, Kenneth Smith, okay? Murderer. He uh, stabbed and beat a woman to death. 
uh, in a murder-for-hire plot in Alabama. Okay. So uh, what happened there was a pastor, oh yeah, an Alabama pastor, uh, wanted to collect the insurance money, not insurance, insurance money, on his uh, dead wife's policy. So he hired two miscreants, two uh, 22-year-old kids, uh, to go and kill his wife. Okay? And they did. They uh, stabbed and beat her to death. Now, it was a, uh, a dynamic duo that actually did the, uh, the murder. And one of them has already been executed. He was executed back in uh, 2010. So this is 14 years later, okay? And they tried to execute Kenneth Smith uh, about, what, three, four years ago, and they botched it. So now they had to innovate a new way uh, that they felt would be uh, foolproof, and they came up with suffocating him. Yeah, with strapping the mask and then tying the mask down to the ground. It was so brutal. It was so freaking vicious. His, uh, he had a spiritual advisor. He had, he had a, a, a man who, um, I don't know what his religion is. I did see that the spiritual advisor also got last rites. You know why the spiritual advisor got last rites? Because they couldn't guarantee that the nitrogen wouldn't seep out of the mask and affect him who was going to be in the room giving the last rites to his, uh, you know, to his client. Right. And so he had to be administered last rites. Anyway, his name is Reverend. So he's Reverend Jeff Hood. And he described, uh, you know, not only is this a man who actually oversees an enormous amount of death. This is this is a guy who actually administers last rites to, uh, you know, the unwashed masses, uh, the murderers uh, in that state when they are sent to be executed. So he has something to compare what he saw last night to. Okay. The execution began, and almost immediately, um, he began to just, like, convulse. He began to rock back and forth. The mask itself covers uh, from the top of the head to under the chin. It's an airtight suction, and it was uh, had attachments from the back of the mask to the gurney. So... Every time he convulsed forward, uh, you could see his face repeatedly hitting the front of the mask. Um, there was uh, snot, uh, spit, all sorts of fluid coming from him that was hitting the front of the mask and drizzling down. Um, there have been, uh, I guess, estimates that this lasted as long as 22 minutes. You know. In the past year, I have uh, witnessed four executions uh, in 2023. This is the fifth one um, in 13 months. I witnessed Alabama's last lethal injection back in November with Casey McWhorter. <clears throat> and I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is I have a direct comparison mm -hmm. to what I've seen in the recent years, the recent year, hey. and uh, what I saw last night. And what I saw last night was, uh, it, it wasn't just cruel and unusual punishment. It was torture, quite frankly. Um, and it's unbelievable that our country that runs around the world preaching human rights uh, could let something like this happen. I'm so proud that I'm part of this, aren't you? I, I just, I take such great pride in being an American. And that, you know, I, 
I, as an American, was was part of the uh, uh, suffocation of a man 35 years after the crime. I, I just, uh, you know, are, are you good with this? Are you down with this? Is this okay with you? You know, we had a moratorium on the death penalty, and I don't recall anybody being, uh, you know, like more murderous or less murderous when we reinstated. I, I just don't. So I don't know what the point of all this is. But I will tell you that if it took this man 22 minutes of brutal torture to die, uh, that's about 20 minutes longer than it would have taken a reasonable person to come up with a humane way to execute a person. And why are we looking to Alabama to innovate? What, why, what, what, what would you think you would get out of there? I mean, Alabama's all right. Why are they looking to kill even more people in Alabama? They're like the number two uh, state for, uh, you know, uh, excess deaths. Number one would be Mississippi. But there's Alabama in close second, you know, with excess deaths. I mean, really, honestly, they have the, the second highest death rate of any state, and they're still trying to innovate new ways to kill. Why don't you just let the inmates come up with it? Why don't, why don't you just, you know, surrender you know, and say, uh, you know, we have no logic and reason in this here state where, you know, a bunch of white supremacists, we don't know what we're doing. We can't even get through a, a subway turnstile properly. We don't know what a metro card does. I'll show you what I'm talking about. Uh, we have no idea why we would hit a pole in an empty parking lot. Okay, we don't know what we're doing, but you look to us to innovate new ways to execute people, and this is what you're going to get? Why, why would we... Why are we doing this? This is stupid. You understand that, right? This is dumb and cruel and torture and unusual and brutal. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for launch. Speaking truth to power, the Randy Rhodes Show. In his final words, Kenneth Eugene Smith called out the state of Alabama for using this execution method for the first time on him, saying in part, tonight Alabama caused humanity to take a step backward. Mm. Our son was crying ever having just watched his father take his last gasp for air. Deanna Smith broke down in tears as she described watching the execution of her husband, Kenneth Eugene Smith. The 58-year-old was pronounced dead at 8.25 p.m. Thursday, 22 minutes after he started breathing in nitrogen gas through a face mask, depriving him of oxygen. He began shaking and writhing, but he was tied very tightly down. Lauren Layton, with her CBS News affiliate in Huntsville, Alabama, was one of five reporters who witnessed the execution. They say Smith appeared conscious for several minutes. Then, for at least two minutes, he appeared to shake and writhe in the gurney, at times pulling against the restraints. Following that, they say his breath slowed until it was no longer perceptible. He struggled against his restraints a little bit, but there's some involuntary movement and some agonal breathing, so uh, that was all expected. So Uh nothing was out of the ordinary. We didn't see somebody go unconscious in 30 seconds. What we saw was minutes of someone struggling for their life. Reverend Jeff Hood was in the execution chamber with Smith. He says Smith was not unconscious in seconds like the state predicted. We saw minutes of someone heaving back and forth. We saw spit. We saw all sorts of stuff from his mouth develop on the mask. 
Smith was sentenced to death for his role in the 1988 murder for hire of Elizabeth Dorlene Sennett. The state tried to execute him through lethal injection in 2022, but repeatedly failed to repeatedly find a vein. His failed. lawyers tried to stop Thursday's execution, calling it cruel and unusual punishment, but the Supreme Court rejected their last-ditch effort. Nothing happened here today is going to bring uh, mom back. We're not going to be jumping around, hooping and hollering, but uh, we're glad this day is over. I mean, I, 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 here's a little detail also that you need to uh, know if you're if you're going to comment on or give some thought to uh, this execution of uh, Kenneth Smith. I want you to understand that when he was convicted of being a part of a murder for hire scheme where a pastor hired him and his accomplice uh, for a thousand dollars for a thousand dollars to kill the pastor's wife. The pastor wanted to cash in on the insurance money. And so he hired these two kids to go and beat and stab his wife to death, which is what they did. Okay. When Kenneth Smith was, uh, you know, brought in guilty in 1996, even the jury did not vote for him to get the death penalty, the death, death penalty. The jury voted 11 to one for life, life in prison. But the Alabama judge overrode that jury decision and said, we're going to kill him. He's getting death. And 35 years later, poof, it happens. I, I, it makes you so proud to be in I mean, honestly, why don't we just, you know, cut to the chase and say, let the inmates do it. Let the inmates decide. Let them, let them uh, you know, figure out the way that they want to kill, you know, uh, each other. And, and why not just go all full Roman? Why not just say, hey, let's open up uh, the Alabama Coliseum. Let's have, uh, you know, not the prison rodeos, which, by the way, are a thing. Let's not do that. No, let's have the Alabama uh, gladiator fights, Right. And then from underneath the gladiator field, if you must, if you will, if you may, animals come out and they eat the inmates who've been sentenced to die for our amusement and adulation. Why not? Why not? Why not just go full, full tilt boogie? Why not, why not just say, yes, we are a cruel and unusual society and we love to bully people. And as soon as we get permission from a court to kill somebody, we're on it. And we will innovate new and entertaining ways to do it. The judge overrode the jury. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. I, I just, I, it, it, it's stunning to me because... Here I am waiting all week for the International um, Court of Justice at The Hague. You know the International the ICJ uh, is at The Hague, right? And uh, South Africa had brought a case accusing Israel of genocide and brought it to The Hague. And The Hague had to listen to both sides, okay? They had to look at all the evidence. Uh, they had to look at precautions that Israel took or didn't take uh, when it came to uh, entering into a very compact little tiny sliver of land known as the Gaza Strip, uh, where they're trying to find and route out terrorist, a terrorist organization that came into Israel and killed 1,200 people on a bright sunny morning, okay? Um, and so the South Africans said, well, the reason why they did that to you, I mean, you know, is because 
you practice apartheid, we're South Africa, we know about that. And so they brought this case to the ICJ in The Hague, and they asked the ICJ to make a finding of whether or not they would, uh, you know, say that Israel's committing genocide, see. And uh, the ICJ, actually, I've been waiting all week for them to rule on this. They didn't. They didn't. I just hate to, you know, put a pin in your, in your happy bubble, whichever side of that you're on. Because I can make a, a, a fabulous case on either side. You know that, right? Good. Okay. So the ICJ said, no, you know, what we're saying today is we do have jurisdiction, okay? Uh, we are not going to dismiss this case without hearing uh, more evidence on it. And we'll render a verdict at a later date. But we are not going to order a ceasefire. What? <laughs> so I guess the position of the international court is in 15 years, or maybe 35, I mean, if they try it in Alabama, you know. <laughs> in 15, maybe 30 years, we'll come up with a conclusion about whether or not genocide is in real time occurring in the Gaza Strip. But in the meantime, while we, uh, you know, uh, search our brains for the right answer, <laughs> we're going to let it continue. What? I, I, I honestly, I don't understand. But okay, so I, I was waiting for that. And then all of a sudden yesterday, Brett came into work and said, did you hear about this guy? Did you hear about this guy in Alabama? And uh, I said, well, what guy in Alabama? Uh, there's this guy 35 years ago in the 80s killed this woman. The husband had hired, uh, you know, two 20-year-olds to go kill his wife for the insurance. By the way, you know what happened to the pastor husband that hired these two guys? Uh, yeah, he committed suicide. I guess he got to choose his method. I'm glad you actually said that. Two callers called in and said, what happened to the pastor? Oh, what happened to the pastor? He, uh, he uh, offed himself. He committed suicide. Couldn't live with himself, I guess. I don't know. I guess they were going to charge her. I have no idea. I really, uh, I don't, I don't uh, know why he killed himself, but he did. He's dead. He's been dead. Long time dead. And the accomplice was also executed, like I said, in 2010. So all that was left to deal with was Ken Smith. And so they, uh, you know, came up with that. And I'm just saying, you know, like to sit there on your high horse all across America and bitch and moan about uh, what you see going on in a war that is not an American war, that is not our war, that we are not in charge of, that we're not waging, that we are in their face, though, saying, you better cut the crap. You better, better slow this down. We need to own this. Lynn Connect. To speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. All right, very briefly, I'm going to play the president of the uh, International uh, Court of Justice uh, rendering, uh, you know, some interim uh, decision about whether or not they will call for a ceasefire in Gaza and whether or not Israel is committing genocide. In the court's view, at least some of the acts and omissions alleged by South Africa to have been committed by Israel in Gaza appear to be capable of falling within the provisions of the Convention. What? In light of the following, the Court concludes that, prima facie, it has jurisdiction, pursuant to Article 9 of the Convention, to entertain the case. Oh, yay. Given this conclusion, the Court considers that it cannot accede to Israel's request that the case be removed from the general list. Woohoo! Yay! Boo! What? What do you? What? What? What do you? 
So, you know, uh, honestly, this is uh, this is unbelievable to me, really. Um, she said that uh, South Africa alleges that Israel might be capable of falling within uh, the... <laughs> The, the definition of genocide, but we're not ordering a ceasefire now. We're not going to do that there. Um, and um, we want the hostages released. She does go on and say uh, Israel needs to, uh, uh, Hamas needs to immediately release the hostages. That was like, uh, you know, split the baby, everybody, split the baby. But, you know, Americans who are incensed at what they're seeing going on over there in the Middle East probably, probably have absolutely no earthly idea at all that we suffocated a man for 22 minutes last night as punishment for a crime that happened 35 years ago after botching his last execution with lethal injection, which they couldn't get right either. But somehow (laughs) they trusted him. They trusted this executioner. They trusted the state of Alabama to kill a guy with a novel and new method that had never been tried ever before. And you know, uh, states are lining up to uh, say, yeah, we're going to do it too. Oklahoma, they said, yeah, we're down. We like this nitrous, uh, you know, this, uh, you know, suffocation thing. And uh, I think Mississippi, they've never tried it. They've never done it yet. But they, they're saying, yeah, we, we, we could, we could uh, go for that. We, could, uh, we can do. We can go for that. Yeah, we can do. And uh, Nebraska's considering considering doing but uh people in this country no they're very focused on over there they're very focused on wars that we are not waging wars that we're trying to get in the face of the people who are waging it and telling them whoa this is going to have a backlash the likes of which you are not going to want to experience cut the crap and they won't listen Netanyahu, he, you know, he was on the TV today uh, going, oh, the, uh, the audacity, the nerve of this court, the nerve like of them. Like every country, Israel has an inherent right to defend itself. Mm-hmm. The vile attempt to deny Israel this fundamental right is blatant discrimination against the Jewish state, and it was justly rejected. The charge of genocide leveled against Israel is not only false, it's outrageous. Outrageous. And decent people everywhere should reject it. On the eve of the International Holocaust Remembrance Day, I again pledge as Israel's Prime Minister, never again. Israel will continue to defend itself against Hamas, a genocidal terror organization. Our war is against Hamas terrorists, Mm -hmm. not against Palestinian civilians. Mm -hmm. We will continue to facilitate humanitarian assistance Mm -hmm. and to do our utmost to keep civilians out of harm's way, even as Hamas uses civilians as human shields. Mm -hmm. We will continue to do what is necessary to defend our country and defend our people. Oh, for God's sake. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> I can't stand him. Okay, if there was any, you know, mystery in this audience about him, because I don't talk about it every single day, but for those that, you know, know my position on this, cannot stand him, okay? Can't. This is political. This is so political that it's bizarre a world. It's just like uh, Donald Trump doesn't want to protect our border because he wants that issue, you know? Uh, he refuses to actually do anything uh, to stand back and stand by while the Senate and the House do their utmost to keep you know, the United States borders as safe, as, as humanly possible, as safe as we could uh, possibly do if we literally changed and tweaked the law. 
meaning limited asylum claims, put more asylum judges so that you could hear an asylum claim in weeks or months, not years, okay? And ending parole pending a six-year hearing somewhere, uh, somewhere down the road, right, for people, uh, and speed it up. Justice delayed, you know, justice denied, just like uh, over here in Alabama. I mean, uh, this, this country needs fixing, and there are people that are willing to do it. But they don't have the courage of their convictions. This is what's so sad and sick about what's going on here, is that the Republicans in the Senate are so afraid to defy Orange Jesus that they will actually not vote to keep the borders secure or to make the borders secure, knowing that we have a problem down there. But we're going to dictate to, and, and, and for those of you who, who are like all MAGA and stuff, what do you, what do you, what do you really think is going to happen uh, to Ukraine or what do you think is going to happen to, I don't know, Gaza that you uh, seem to care about so much if Donald Trump's in charge of any of it? Right. So shut up, okay? Really, just sit down, be quiet, and don't vote if that's all you can make yourself vote for. All right, J.D. in Detroit. Yeah. Hello. Hi. Is this Randy? Yes. Well, hello there. Well, hello. You know, I was calling. I was just actually just sitting here watching TV. My wife's in the hospital. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sitting here watching you, and I'm listening to, you know, your, your comments on, you know, that guy that was executed in Alabama or murdered in Alabama, if that's how you want to put it. Um, no, he was suffocated. My grand, my, he was suffocated. My, 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 suffocated by the, the process that they used. I, I'm not familiar with with the situation, but as I was watching the show, um, I, I'm the grandson of a, of a guy who was robbed and murdered with a knife for less than $10. And on a legality, the person that did it was let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I just want to say that just watching you for the couple of moments that I have, I think you're a lovely human. Um, and we need more humans like you on this earth. We we do disagree on uh, the guy being executed. Though. Oh, I don't have any sympathy for him if that's what you're interpreting me as, as saying. No. I, uh, oh, that's, oh, I'm sorry. Then, oh, no. Yeah, that's what I was interpreting. No, no, I don't have any sympathy for, you know, uh, him being, uh, you know, subject to, uh, you know, life in prison for a yeah. terrible, heinous crime that he did. I just don't yeah. want to be part of suffocating each other. <laughs> I have some shame about being part of that portion especially when the jury chose life in prison and the judge overrode them this is the randy Rhodes show to speak with randy dial 561-270-3844 that's 561-270-3844 yeah do that all right uh ken in washington Hi, Randy. Hey, Ken. I want to talk about uh, the execution of Kenneth Smith. Yep. Um, yeah, I'm. I don't want to get into the dilemma of what to do with people who commit horrible crimes, but uh, if you got to kill someone, I think they should be given options that uh, you know, and stop experimenting on inmates like they've been doing for the last few decades. 
It is kind of it's kind of disgusting. Um, but they did give him a choice, just so you know, they did. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, Do you so, remember? Oh, go ahead. The case of Gary Gilmore in Nevada back in I know late seventies, early eighties. I remember his name. I don't remember what happened to him. Yeah, he was given a couple of choices, and he took a uh, firing squad. Oh, okay. Now, if it was me, I would have probably done the same because it's one of the quickest methods, you know, double tap in the back of the head. Well, here's the thing with but, him. Okay, the, the thing with him was at first, he, you know, when he was first offered, uh, he chose lethal injection, and they botched it, and they left him on that gurney for like four hours, you know, playing around with him. You know, trying to find right. a vein and all that. And so the second swipe at it, they gave him a choice again. And instead of lethal injection, because he knows that they're really not good at it, uh, he chose this. But then this was explained to him as being something never tried before, very experimental. And he said, no, then don't do that. Don't do that. And they said, well, too bad you already chose. So that's what happened. Yeah, well, uh, what they did was... To me, it's equivalent to uh, taking a bullet out of the casing <clears throat> and a hammer and a metal punch. <laughs> yeah. You see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Being totally facetious. No, I get you. I hear you. I, f- I feel you. I, this is so vile. And, and I listen to all these people on their high horse talk about, you know, this and that and, and, and this is wrong and, and, and they want to condemn over here. And all, but they have no idea what's going on, like, in their own backyard. They have no idea what they've uh, actually been a part of all these uh, many years. It's, it's, yeah, we had, yeah, it's a problem. We had a guy We had a guy here in Vancouver decades ago, but uh, he killed a couple of children. Mm. And he was saying, I want you to hang me before he even got convicted. Yeah. And they wound up hanging him. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, what's really crazy about this is that <laughs> they, the jury did not convict him for the death penalty, okay? They they said no to the death penalty, and the judge overrode it. And that was 35 freaking stinking years ago, okay? And so for the caller that called me from Detroit who said, you know, that you need more people like me who have sympathy for killers, I, I just want you to know I don't have sympathy for uh, a killer, okay? I don't. I don't have sympathy for people who, uh, you know, do uh, take other people's lives in, uh, you know, uh, for pay especially. This was a murder for hire thing. Uh, But when the jury hears the case that we did not hear, and the jury says, okay, he's guilty of participating in a murder-for-hire scenario, uh, but he didn't, uh, we don't want to give him the death penalty, we think he should spend life in prison, and the judge inserts his better judgment and says, I'm overriding the verdict of the jury, I want him to die, and then 35 years goes by, and they're going to experiment upon him, I'm sorry, I'm out. I'm out. I don't want to be part of that. I just don't. I do want to defend J.D. real quick. He was definitely being genuine when when he said that there needs to be more like you. I think he called up Knee Jerk, maybe he hadn't watched, and he heard your initial comments, and then he was on hold for a couple segments, and I do believe he was genuine that you are a good person and that there should be more. Oh, well, you know, I'm very sure that uh, my good person edge comes through, you know. I'm very sure. I feel I feel confident that people know that I am a good one. You know what I mean? 
but I just uh, I, I just wanted people to understand that there is crazy, crazy, disgusting, brutal, you know, barbaric, medieval uh, crap going on in various states in our name, okay? And that, um, you know, uh, there's, there's grades of punishment, right? I, and, and I don't know why. I mean, I did get the feeling from J.D., not that he thought that I was, you know, a bad person or anything. Or I did get the feeling that he thought I had sympathy for the guy, even though the guy, you know, stabbed a woman to death and beat her senseless to the point where she died. No, I don't have sympathy for that. But I want you to understand that I heard what you said in your opening that you had a, a, a friend or, or somebody that, uh, you know, beat up somebody for 10 bucks and uh, nearly killed somebody. I, you know, listen, you don't, you don't get to be as, uh, you know, as, as kind and old <laughs> as I am without dealing with some criminal activity in your life, okay? One day I'll tell you the story. It was an Alabama story, too, and it did involve a murder of somebody very, very close to me, okay? So I have some experience in that arena. I just want you to understand that it's not a choice between being medieval, barbaric, as cruel and unusual as you could possibly get, uh, experimental even, on a guy who wasn't even recommended for the death penalty by the jury that heard his case, or you set him free. See, these aren't the choices, right? And so whenever anybody, uh, you know, brings up, yeah, but I knew somebody who was the victim of a terrible crime. I, me too. I was the victim of a terrible crime. I was a victim of a, a bunch of stuff, okay? And I actually did lose somebody very, very close to me to murder, okay, in Alabama. And you know what happened to that murderer? He's still in jail. He'll be there for the rest of his life till he dies. And it was a murder for hire thing too. Isn't that something? But I don't need to feel like, uh, you know, I got justice by, by insisting that we strap him to a gurney and put the gimp mask on him and suffocate him for 22 minutes. It's just, uh, no. I also don't want to set him free. See what I mean? Uh, Laura in Missouri. Good afternoon, Randy. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I also want to thank you and your staff for the good work that you do all the time. I enjoy your show very much. Thank you. Um, I'm calling with regard to the um, state-sanctioned or operated, uh, you know, killing of this execution of this guy. And I'm not apologizing for what he did. It sounds like he committed a heinous crime. But I did want to talk a little bit of the nuance of this whole death penalty thing as a form of punishment. Um, I'm coming at this as a person who's 60 years old. And when my father was, when I was four, my father committed manslaughter in a bar in a drunken rage. He um, killed the bartender oh. by breaking a beer bottle over her head, and she was older, and she died. Oh, that's terrible. My father was put in prison until I was age 16. And, um, and frankly, I, I think that he, he did the crime. He deserved to be punished. I think that he deserved, really, I did think he deserved life in prison. But, um, you know, there was overcrowding. So at that time, they, they let him out. I'm coming at this from the fact that we so frequently talk about the death penalty as, you know, it's unkind or it's cruel because you're, you know, you're doing the same, the state's doing the same thing as what the person who committed the crime 
did initially. There's that. And what I'm saying, what I'm saying is that the nuance of this is that the state is also, and it's never discussed, the state is also creating additional victims of the family members and the loved ones of the person who committed the crime who are walking around with a lifetime of shame and hurt yeah. and everything else. I mean, I was not raised by my parents. I was raised in foster care. Thank God my foster parents. They were wonderful Christian people who walked the walk and didn't talk the talk, and they cleaned up my father's mess, you know? Yeah. But well, I think when I, when I was I, playing... my heart goes out to his wife when I saw her crying and breaking down because she's now been victimized by the state. Well, that's for, what I was just going to bring up to you. Uh, if you, if you, when you saw her, did you see her say that her son, who was Kenneth Smith's son, had to watch his father take his last breath last night? That stuck with me too, Laura, because I thought now this kid is a victim of watching murder. Right? He's watching right. his father be murdered in a very barbaric, brutal way, <laughs> which could have been avoided. Do you know? I, right. I, so I feel you. I, I get it. Listen, so the whole idea with uh, giving the state the authority to kill somebody, if you learned anything from watching that mess last night, uh, nobody's giving it very much thought. In fact, when we come back, I want to play yesterday in Wisconsin. You can say, what does this have to do with anything? Well, it's the power of the state, right? So yesterday in Wisconsin, the legislature there, the House, the Wisconsin State House, was debating abortion. <laughs> Mary had a little man. We believe that all men are created equal. To the magnificent mosaic that is America. A radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? Hey. It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roadshow. Turn up your mind. We live in a country where people with an enormous amount of intellectual heft contemplate what should be done by the state with regard to women. Here's a man who has a degree in medicine opining about the state's right to terminate a woman's right to choose. The question is whether abortion is health care. And if you believe that a fetus is a human life, then abortion is not health care. You know, in my veterinary career, I did <laughs> thousands of, of ultrasounds on animals, you know, uh, determining pregnancy and that kind of thing. So I think I know mammalian fetal development better than probably anyone here. Mammalian. And in my, in my mind, there's absolutely no question that's a life. And I, th I think the science backs me up on that. But this is really a moral question. And I recognize that not everybody's gonna, that's in here is gonna agree with me. And if I had the oratorical skills of Lincoln, I still wouldn't change a single mind over there. Poppies! That's what he tends to. Uh, he's a vet. He's a vet, everybody. This guy has the wrong gig, okay? He's got the absolute wrong gig. This, he's a House member in the state of Wisconsin. They are contemplating, you know, the trigger law, which would uh, reverse the law back to what? I think 18 and 68, you know, some uh, fabulous uh, time of yesteryear. And he stands up using his, his, his degree in medicine, animal medicine, to determine that women, humans... Um, should have 
the same rights as, uh, you know, um, other mammals, <laughs> which is, you know, other mammals uh, don't get to choose uh, to terminate their pregnancies, right? Because, you know, he's a vet and he knows that. Um, and so we should be treated like poppies. We should be treated like kittens. We should be treated like pigs. We should be treated like, uh, you know, farm animals is uh, basically what he's arguing there. And, you know, it's not that I want to throw away his awesome, uh, you know, uh, putting himself through school and getting a degree in medicine and just throw him away and, you know, uh, marginalize him as some kook. I think, I think that his veterinary medicine skills are being mismanaged, misused in the Wisconsin state legislature and that he ought to directly move to Alabama and oversee executions in Alabama because he knows when we put down an old or a sick dog who has absolutely no ability to choose or know or any of those things, right? Because uh, dogs don't know that they're going to die. They just don't have any. But he knows that the way that we put down or put to sleep a pet or an animal or a sick farm animal or a horse with broken limbs is more humane than what happened last night in Alabama. And so why don't we just transfer him there and reap the benefit of his amazing medical brain? Can you believe this was an actual debate yesterday in Wisconsin in the State House about a woman's right to choose, a woman's right to privacy? He wants to be in the room with a woman and her doctor as a vet representing the state. <laughs> he wants to deny her because his belief, you know, his belief that women are no better or worse than any other mammalian creatures. And it wasn't just him either. Okay, this, this was my favorite argument, I think. This is uh, Representative Ron Tussler. I don't expect anybody to remember his name or know his name or uh, have ever, unless you're from his district and then you need to know, okay? Uh, but he was uh, deciding that based on his biblical knowledge, his reading of the Bible, uh, that asking a woman to go ahead with a pregnancy is something God would want. He knows this because he reads the Bible. One of the things I heard came from the representative from the 20th. Uh, she said that she can't think of one situation in the Bible where God forced a woman to have a baby contrary to her personal health. I'm sure that's not a perfect paraphrase, but as close as I could get on the fly. <laughs> well, I would ask her to never let her Bible get dusty. For example, I can think of at least three, probably the most well-known women in the Bible, uh, folks you've all heard of, whether you're Christian or not, oh, yeah. that certainly would qualify for those things. For example, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. Estimates are she was 88 years old when she was told that she was going to have John the Baptist. 88? Other estimates I've heard are at least over 60, but 88 seems to be the common uh, um, number. And at 88, her own husband laughed at an angel <laughs> when, uh, she was, when he was told and she was told that he was going to have a baby. So that was at least one situation where certainly a 88-year-old, it's contrary to her health to be having a baby, and here she is being told she's going to have a baby and being asked by God and, and being required to do that and having John the Baptist, you know, 
arguably the best Christian that's ever lived. Dude, get a grip. You just told the story about an 88-year-old woman giving birth and her husband laughing at angels being the reason why women should have no choice in Wisconsin in the 21st century. Okay. All right, then. We need to build, uh, you know, institutions again. You know, like bring back Willowbrook. So clean it up and all that. But honestly, this is insanity. This is just, this is just, a, a, what a country. Wow. He's literally standing there telling me like, you know, uh, uh, fairy tales about uh, 88-year-old women having babies that were the product of God or an angel or some such, and that the husband went along with it. Uh, but uh, he just laughed at the angel who said, you knocked up my 88-year-old uh, wife and she's going to, yeah, we did, we, we did. What? I mean, it's like Rosemary's baby. This is, this is just craziness. This is madness. This is mass madness, you maniacs. You. This is just, uh, I mean, honestly. And this is their, uh, their science-y uh, presentation to the Wisconsin State Legislature about why women should be subject to the same sort of scrutiny uh, that, uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth got. <laughs> in the Bible at 88 years old. What? And that's standing up and, and saying, uh, you know, uh, mammals are mammals. <laughs> Jeff, and, oh, you're from Wisconsin. Hello. Yeah. You took the, uh, hi, Randy. First, I'm a first-time caller, long, long-time listener, way back in the Air America days. And, oh. Yeah. Do, do you know any of these I, uh, fine people that serve your uh, state? No. <laughs> hey, I just hope the re- I just hope the redistors being goes through and and we get fair fair represent. I doubt it. I doubt it. But, right. You know. I know. I'm gonna hold my breath. I mean, like that guy who just got put to death. Had right. He to did. Breathe. You know. Yeah. But uh, you know, I I'm against capital punishment. Two wrongs don't make a right. Yes, I read the Old Testament. I'm an old Jewish guy. And I read the Old Testament cover to cover, and all this eye for an eye. I never believed in it. I just believe two wrongs don't make a right. And capital punishment is premeditated by the by the society, premeditated first degree murder. Any way you cut it. But if they're going to do it, why do they torture the person? I don't know. They, they torture them for they torture them for years. They make them they live on death. They, they exist on death row, never knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. Appeal after appeal, yeah. and then when they finally do put them to death, they put them to death, and they suffer. I've, I've I've owned pets for years, and I have had to put a lot of my pets down. I lived, I grew up on a farm, in fact. A Jewish guy on a farm, I know it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. But uh, um, uh, uh, and we've had to put you know livestock and pets down, and uh, and a barbital. They don't suffer. I mean, right? I it's much more humane. It is. That's what I'm saying, Mr. Why, Vet. Why? I was, yeah. was going to say, the vet over there, he, he's got the wrong gig. He needs to move to Alabama. He needs to get the hell out of Wisconsin and stop declaring that women are mammals and go to, uh, you know, and explain how much more humanely we put down animals than they did uh, Jeff. I think. Right? I Yeah. Clear. All things Randy at RandyRhodes.com. Go, go for long. Speaking truth to power, The Randy Rhodes Show. All righty, it is 20 after Gary in Fort Lauderdale. Hi, Randy. Hey. 
you know, if there has to be an execution. Oh, by the way, before I say that, fairy tales is definitely the right word for that. <laughs> what, what did Neil used to call it? Bubba Meister? Bubba Meister. Well, I don't know what that means. That <laughs> means an old lady. Okay. Anyway, if there has to be an execution, for whatever reason it might be, it needs to be as humane as possible. So what my wife says is people accidentally kill themselves all the time with carbon monoxide. They leave a car running in the garage and they forget, or they have a generator outside their window, you know, during hurricane season when the electricity's off (laughs) and the fumes come in the house and everybody's dead. I mean, that sounds pretty nice to me. You fall asleep and you never wake up. What's wrong with carbon monoxide? Oh, no more gas. Okay, um, uh, let's stop gassing each other. Can we stop suffocating each other or deciding that we want to suffocate each other? I said if it has to be. Right, but I'm just saying, you know, like I said, the veterinarian could tell you that there's a much more humane way to put somebody down, which is what we're talking about here. We're talking about literally putting a person down, especially Mr. Vet there, talking about all mammalian life is the same to him. Okay, so like I said, go uh, be a vet in Alabama at the uh, Department of Corrections and show them how you put a dog to sleep. Okay, the first thing you do, like the the guy from Wisconsin, he was trying to say phenobarbital, it's pentobarbital, mm-hmm. right? You put the you you give them a, a, an anti seizure medication, overdose, of, and it, it literally puts them to sleep. Yeah, within seconds. Within seconds, they go to sleep, and once they're asleep, then you can stop their heart, however you like. Okay, I'll leave that one up to uh, Alabamians to innovate. But you know, could you please just put a person to sleep first before you do anything, uh, you know, barbaric to them? So you don't like carbon monoxide? No, I'm not. I'm not okay. a fan of the gas. Okay, we used to do cyanide in the gas chamber. Well, the cyanide is painful. Is it? Oh yeah, <laughs> the chlorine gas in the lungs. Ow. Yeah. Yeah. You know what chlorine is like? Yeah, I do. I do. That's why I want salt. Okay. All right. Happy birthday. Thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, how cool is that? My birthday Sunday. Sunday. It's not today, and I will be seeing Kansas. Kansas the band live on Sunday for my birthday concert. Oh, I have to thank uh, Lori for sending me. Lori sent me uh, uh, the autobiography that uh, Anna and Nancy Wilson apparently wrote together about their uh, their, their their lives as uh, sisters in a band. Uh, it's called Kicking and not Screaming, Kicking and Dreaming. Yeah, so I got that as a present. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, every year I try and pick a, uh, a concert. That I, you know you know who's touring? I, I just want to tell the old, the, the, the Bubba Meisters, the Altacacas in this audience, okay, who are looking for live music. You know who's touring now? Doobie Brothers. With Michael McDonald. Just saying. Pat Simmons. Uh, the Doobie Brothers, the real Doobie Brothers. I, I, I just, okay. You roll your eyes at me. You roll your eyes at me. Didn't you go, uh, what did you go see? I didn't roll my eyes at you. It was uh, Wu Tang Clan. I routinely you see went Wu-Tang. to Wu Tang Clan for like the ninetieth time, and they were what five hours late or some such crap. Yeah, you know what? And that, you waited. That is true. That is true. And they you showed up, They got on stage. I swear to you, at two thirty in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, this was in in my into my forties, and I. 
I can't, at that point, that concert you're talking about, I was like, you know what? This, last year. This chapter may be closed. You're, it was a, it was like you're a year trying and a to make yeah. it seem as if it was, oh, way back then. It was last year you went. And they're, and they're all like 60 now. You, you want to know something? You want, well, the Doobie Brothers, uh, Pat Simmons. You know why I know Pat? I know Pat because Pat's, I don't, I don't even want to get real personal. I won't even name her. But, but Pat Simmons had, uh, Simmons had a beautiful daughter. Uh, I guess he still does. And she wanted to move to New York when I was living in New York. And she came and she slept on my couch for, you know, months, for months. And then we went apartment shopping and, you know, we found her a little place, uh, walk up. It wasn't anything fancy, but she was so happy to be in New York. Um, and so that's how I know them. But anyway, uh, make a long story short, uh, Madonna is being sued, Brett, because she kept her fans waiting for two hours and they said that they would never have purchased the tickets to the big Madonna show had they known that she was going to be two hours late because the, the concert didn't start till 1030. It was a school night, a work night, and they had to go to work the next day. And so now they're suing. I'm not suing Wu-Tang. Why? That's not very gangster. <laughs> so don't mock me for loving the Doobie Brothers with very melodic, cool, sing-along type, great harmony music, okay? Plus, I have a personal connection. And Kansas never. is the closest I will ever be, get to John the Baptist. Okay, because Kansas is, I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin it for Kansas fans. I don't want to ruin it. But for me, just for me, I'm not saying look it up on the internet because you will find something that's counter to what I'm going to tell you. But for me, it's Jesus rock. Okay? For me, it's uh, New Testament crap. And I'm a Jew, so I only had to read the first five. I only had to read the Pentateuch, and I'm done. I'm out. I don't have to read anymore. I'm chosen. I can go. So I don't know very much about John the Baptist and his 88-year-old mother who got pregnant, and the angel was saying to the father, uh, yeah, no, no, we had our way with your wife, and uh, I know it's, uh, it's odd, it's weird, but uh, God has a sense of humor, and he knocked her up. And she is going to give birth to John the Baptist, apparently, and this is somehow proof that I need to trust my womb to the Wisconsin State Legislature. What? <laughs> I mean, these are, these are crazy arguments. Okay, but they're making them. Clay in Mississippi. Carry on, sister. My wayward son. See? Now, yeah. isn't that Jesus-y? Yeah, there'll be That's peace when you are done. A Christian band, yeah. Of course, it's uh, you know, uh, it's uh, you know, uh, it's not overly you know, pop produced Christian stuff, but it was Let, they were they were they it was were it was called band. it was called prog rock back in yes, the day, absolutely. right? Progressive rock, and then they you started know, I calling to, it. I went to see I went to see Yes in here in Jackson. Uh, How was that? Some years ago at, at the. Calumara Hall, and they were like three hours late. <laughs> so, I guess it's a tip, a common thing, you know, sometimes <laughs> oh. for those things to happen. But, uh, that's um, that's ugly. I mean, I, I, know, I think the I only the only the only star that has the the authority in my book to be late is Barbara Streisand because she's always late. <laughs> but that's it. That's all. Nobody else. So, so this this vet guy that says science backs him up on a fetus being a, a life. Yeah, no, yeah. Science will tell you easily that you cannot have a human life without a functioning brain. 
If there's no functioning brain, there's no human life. But it's, listen, it's, here's the thing. If we want to stay on his plane, okay, and we want to do the Jesus Rock thing, then all we have to do is say to Mr., uh, you know, uh, Elizabeth uh, John the Baptist's 88-year-old mother that God tells you right up front, right up front, that the breath of life is when exactly. life begins. That's right. So yes. why is he fumfering and stammering and stuttering and going through the pen, you know, going past the Pentateuch into the New Testament to get all the way to an 88-year-old woman who God knocks up? It's right at the, it's like in the first paragraph, okay? It's just, it's, it's, it's right at the beginning. The creation and alls, it's in the Sistine Ch- it's in all the art, all the art, and the, all the Kansas songs. <laughs> okay, I'm making that up. Next, to speak to Randy, call 561-270-3844. 561-270-3844. Oh, Jaisal Pete, that did not take long. Uh, the jury has reached a verdict in the uh, uh, the E. Jean Carroll defamation uh, damages portion of the trial. I don't know what it is yet. Um, they're saying uh, he, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll see. I, I'm trying to read the Chiron on the TV. You know the closed captioning. That's not working for me. All right, Jean uh, in California. Hi, Randy. Hi. Um, I'm in total agreement with you about euthanizing uh, people the way they put down animals. Yeah. And I posted something on social media to that effect and got so many vicious comments. Um, anyway, the reason that was on my mind is that I just had to put down one of my sheep and uh, it was, she died peacefully, you know, in my arms. Cool. So I thought, you know, who, who? and I know, I know they're vicious murderers, but they're human beings, as Nancy Pelosi would say. And I don't know. Who just, who died in your arms? My sheep. I had I had a sheep attacked by a mountain lion, and she was severely wounded, you, and I had to put her down. I have no idea what word she's saying. Very loudly and clearly, what died on you? What died? My sheep. Spell it. S-H-E-E-P. A sheep. sheep. You sheep. have sheep? You have pet sheep? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, I have pet sheep. Oh, wow. How cute I is had, that? I had five, and I'm down to three. Oh, my because, God. Because a, well, actually, we think it was really neighborhood dogs, but it could have been a mountain lion, but... Uh, oh, oh, that's horrible. But, yeah. Oh. So I had to put I had to put one down immediately. Where do you live in California? I live in Grass Valley. Where is that? It's near. It's north of Sacramento. Oh, you're way up there. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Well, man. not not as up there as some places, but <laughs> yeah. Well, for yeah, me, you I know, know. The, the second you're like uh, Sacramento or North, I have no idea where I am. No, no, not a clue. 
I'm trying to gauge my level of sadness that I should have for the situation. For the sheep? Yeah, oh, just do, imagine are, how, how cute. How familiar do they get? Pi- oh, no, come like, on. Like Picture no, lamb I'm, I'm chops. I'm Stop. It's a no. sheep. Oh. Do they, like, know you and are affectionate? <laughs> do they, like, run to greet you when you come home? Like, how affectionate and, like, cognitive are sheep? Oh, absolutely. Um, I love that sheep. I don't want to start crying. Oh, um, she loved her I'm sheep. Sorry. I'm sorry. I loved her. Oh. She, um... She would let me brush her. She would run to me. All I had to do is... Everybody, imagine that. Imagine a sheep, a little girl sheep running to you. Running to you. And when I would go back, she'd come running (laughs) and back at me. She was... I loved her. Her name was Juanita. Juanita. Yeah. Yeah. And then I had another one who, who died at the hospital... Because she had, uh, I didn't know this existed, but she had um, capture myopathy, where she just started shutting down just from the stress of the attack. Oh, that's pathetic. It's almost like sepsis or something, but it was her muscles, your muscles deteriorate, and then then the byproducts of the deterioration attack your kidneys. Okay, TMI, it's Friday, thank you. (laughs) Um, Anyway. Anyway, but I'm totally with you about why, why can't we just euthanize these prisoners? I don't know. I, I Honestly, I, I'm telling you right now, I mean, they are this close to having, you know, some sort of a, a coliseum event. You know that, right? Like where the prisoners have to kill each other for the amusement of the viewers in the stands, right? And then we'll have not sheep, but we'll have lions and, and, okay, mountain lions come out from the bottom of the field and they will bite the prisoners as they are daringly, uh, you know, performing their gladiator roles. Uh, I mean, just say that that's what you want already, you know, not you personally. I mean, yeah, there are people that probably would enjoy that, I know, but certainly I know. not me. No, me but neither. When I, when I posted on uh, social media, uh, I did get a comment from somebody who said that drug companies won't provide the state with the drugs necessary to do it. Well, and I thought, whoa, there's more than one drug that would do it. I mean, yeah, it's a combination of, of many drugs. Okay. The lethal injection um, cocktail, if you will, it's a whole bunch of drugs. It's one that uh, first puts you to sleep, and then they they stop your heart, and then they, you know, it's it's kind of like uh, what you do to a uh, sick or sad or dying animal, uh, but there's different drugs, and so the states are now saying we can't get those drugs, so we have to innovate, and we've innovated our way into asphyxiating people with gimp masks. What? I mean, this is what you get when you leave it to Alabama. Please stop doing that. She had a sheep. She made me kind of want to look into getting a sheep. Well, like, see, what so, goes into that? I, you know, um, my sister wife, you know, like uh, Jimmy is my only husband, right? But uh, Jimmy is my first husband is how I uh, commonly refer to him. And, uh, you know, he, he married Jeanette, who is my sister wife, because I love her and we get along just wonderfully well but um she likes farm animals okay she does and they have uh you know the giant pigs the really big uh they're they're big big pigs like hogs i guess i don't know i'm uh i'm from brooklyn and so 
they live a really long time, and they have uh, parrots, and you know that live to be forty-five, fifty years old, and all this stuff, right? And 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 the way that you know uh, uh, that they bond with human beings, you know. And I'm like, well, I don't know if I would have a pig, although I've thought about. I want an alpaca. Do you know what I'm saying? A, a, a llama. Uh huh. I feel like we're talking about a lot of cleanup and a lot of smell. Yeah, but no, That's but what I feel like we're talking no, about. it's not in the house, Brad. I mean, I mean, these animals are not in the house. They have land and they have pens and they have fencing and the pigs live in that fenced area. It's a it's a farming community that they live in, just north of here. You have to get out more and not go to Wu Tang. But go up north a little where people have, you know, like horses and cows and pigs. I'll pass on the farmland. Really? You don't (laughs) like... I enjoy a farm animal. (laughs) I mean, they sound delicious, but other than that... Yeah, so you know what their pig's name is? Kevin Bacon. And then they have another one. You know what his name is? I swear to God, I'm not making this up. Because I couldn't make this up on the fly. I'm not that freaking witty. The uh, other pig's name is uh, Piggy Smalls. <laughs> yep. That's the life that Jimmy dumped me for. <laughs> Kidding. Love you, Jim. Love you. <laughs> yep. This is the Randy Rhodes Show. To speak with Randy, dial 561-270-3844. That's 561-270-3844. All right, everybody, here it is. We do have a verdict. E. Jean Carroll did suffer more than nominal damages as a result of Mr. Trump's publication of these two June 2019 statements. The first amount for compensatory damages for her emotional pain and anguish is $7.3 million. The amount for the compensatory damages for the reputation repair program is $11 million. We're now moving on to the questions about whether Trump acted with malice. Remember, the questions have to be answered in the affirmative to get to a question of punitive damages. We are still waiting for that answer. As you wait for those answers, Mr. Trump acted with malice. I'm sorry, Mr. Trump acted with malice in making the first of those statements. That's the June 21st, 2019 statement at 5.17 p.m. in which he denied it for the first time. And similarly, we are waiting to hear whether in making that yes in June 22nd, 2019, he did also act maliciously or out of hatred or ill will in defaming her on that day. And here comes the punitive damages award of $65 million, Alicia. So $65 million in punitives, $11 million in the reputation repair program, and $7.3 million in reputation, I'm sorry, in the emotional harm for a total of $83.3 million. That's a high eight-figure award. I had oh predicted we'd be high eight figures or early 100 million, certainly less money, I think, that E. Jean Carroll's lawyers had hoped. But $83.3 million is nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of double quarter pounders with cheese. Let's vote for him. <laughs> Let's vote for the psycho. Let's see what happens. Let's just vote for a rapist. Let's just vote for somebody who couldn't stop defaming an 80-year-old woman after a verdict of defamation was reached last year. 
and just couldn't stop. And yesterday, just on his little, uh, you know, Truth Social, his own personal social media platform that he bought with an S pack or whatever it's called, right? Borrowing, uh, he couldn't stop to fit in two hours. I think he tweeted like, uh, tweeted, he, he, he posted like 40 different defamatory statements about her while a jury was getting ready to get the case to figure out how much would it take to shut him down? How much would it take to get him to stop doing this? And that's what punitive damages are. If you ever think of the word puny, puny, uh, it's not little. No, it doesn't mean what you think it does. Think of the word punishment, puny and punishment. Punitive damages is punishment. It's punishment that is awarded in order to get somebody to stop doing whatever thing the jury found that they were uh, doing to you in violation of your civil liberties, right? That's what happens in a uh, civil trial, not a criminal trial. This is civil, right? And so when you have uh, compensatory damages, that's to make up for reputational damage or damage that this person has done to you in real dollars. So E. Jean's argument was a good one. Her argument was it took her 50, 50, 50 years to build her reputation as a trusted journalist, as somebody whose word you could rely on as a, a columnist for um, Elle magazine, right? It took her 50 years to build up that kind of trust between her and her readership, right? And it took Donald Trump literally minutes to destroy her and say she's a liar and she's not to be trusted and she's a whack job and she's nuts and she's, uh, you know, uh, she wrote books about sex. Well, that, that's her wheelhouse, okay? It's what E. Jean Carroll does. It's, it's, but because of that, she somehow can't be damaged by him. So they said, yeah, that's not, uh, that's not exactly true. So they awarded for uh, reputation repair 7.3 million and uh i'm sorry for reputation repair 11 million dollars and then other than the reputation repair 7 million dollars in destroying her hard fought for hard won career now you get to the punies now you get to the punishment how much is it going to take to get him to stop and they arrived at the number of 65 million dollars saying if he has to cut her a check for $65 million, maybe that will stop him from uh, you know, posting about her. Maybe that will stop him from uh, da damaging her even further or from you know, uh, 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 putting her life in danger from the people that follow him that take whatever he says as being a, uh, a calling uh, to, to do some damage for real to a person. She actually had to uh, put up like an electric fence around her house. She got bullets for an old gun that she had. She has a pit bull that she leaves off the leash now so that it, uh, you know, can uh, attack any, uh, you know, intruders that might happen. I mean, this is crazy what he does. But let's vote for him, everybody. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, I can't wait. Let's vote for him. Let's make him the most awesome, awesome holder of incredible power, the president of the United States of America. And then when the crap actually goes down, we'll act all shocked and stuff like, who could have seen that coming? Everybody.
Everybody could see that coming. So now we get to put to the test the thing. What's the thing? Oh, the thing is that, you know, America has been polled, apparently, and they've been asked if he's convicted, well, it had to be of a felony, right? I mean, to, to pass muster for this particular, uh, you know, um, poll. If he was guilty of a felony, would you vote for him? And of his supporters, which represent about, oh, I'll, I'll just say, here, here are the numbers I, I use, because I think these are generous. If, if, if 40% of America, okay, I could do it with 50 if it makes you feel better, but if 40% of America or 50%, let's do 50, 50% of America is still Republican. It's not true. But if we used, uh, you know, half and half, right? And we said, okay, 50% of America is still Republican. And of those, 53% of them vote for Donald Trump, which is what happened in New Hampshire. In Iowa, it was even less, but okay, we'll say half of the 50% vote for him. And then of those, 43% say they won't vote for him if he's convicted of a felony. You can't win the presidency. In fact, you can't win with 50% of the, of the vote. You can't. So this is how I know he's not going to win. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying that, you know, uh, we're about to see whether or not people are, uh, you know, still supporting that man who was just... a. I, against uh, him was an award of $83 million for, and, and you know, hats off to E. Jean Carroll, man. This woman is indefatigable. She is fierce. She is everything that men are afraid women are, right? She is hardworking. She's pretty. I, I don't know. Have you seen her? She's 80 years old. She still looks freaking awesome. Okay, just saying, if, if, if I look like that when I'm 80, I'll be totally okay with it. Totally fine. But here is a woman that just absolutely refused to allow somebody with an enormous amount of power to destroy what she had worked her entire life to build. Just couldn't stand by and let that happen. And she fought and fought and fought. Went through one trial. And the trial actually returned a verdict favorable to her, said that he had penetrated her digitally in that dressing room in uh, Bergdorf Goodman in 1996, and that he had lied about it all these years later, and that constituted a defamation verdict. And she won $5 million in damages for that. And he, A, didn't want to pay it. He said, oh, I'm appealing it. She, she's a wacko. And started defaming her yet again, all anew, all afresh. And she said, he's still doing it. He won't shut up about me. He's obsessed. And now his people know about this case because he can't stop talking about it. And now they're threatening my life. I'm going to sue him again. And she did. And she won again. And this time, you know, they started out asking for um, $10 million, right? He had gotten, uh, she, she had won five. And he still kept defaming her. So she went back to the court. She said, all right, make it 10. And then during the trial, he was still defaming her, like in real time. He got out, stormed out of the courtroom today. During closing arguments, he can't take the truth. It just shatters him. Anyway, they asked for $24 million. 
the jury came back and ordered Donald Trump to pay E. Jean Carroll $83 million. Maybe writing a big check like that will stop him. I doubt it. I'll bet you anything he's going to defame her like in two seconds. If he hasn't already, I don't go on that site. I don't. But some of you could, and you'll tell me on Monday. (laughs) 